from your exact location, we proudly present to you, your host for tonight, here's Ainsley! And welcome to Price Tag Pod, where we attempt to put a price tag on your dignity. I'm your host, Ainsley Blakely-May, and I'm joined by my guest for this evening. Our next guest has a passion for fantasy. In fact, the only fantasy they cannot fathom is a tasty bowl of soup. People from around the globe, from the barren's wastelands of California, I present to you the coffee concoctor come comedian, Trevor Wade. What's up, Trevor? Thunderous applause, roaring crowd. Please settle down, everyone. Settle down. Thank you for having me, Ainsley. Please sit, sit. I'm Take sitting. a sip from my coffee mug. Graham, well, thank you for sitting. Thank you for having me. You sound so much like a, I'm guessing going to guess you're a dungeon master. I am in, uh, in multiple contexts. I feel it with your descriptive abilities there. That was cool. I enjoyed that. Yeah, I loved that intro. That was so sweet. The alliteration got me, got me riled up, which also cues up to you that I'm a dungeon master. <laughs> yeah, alliteration is powerful. I use it whenever I can. <laughs> What's your problem with soup, man? Is it confusing for you? It's not confusing for me. It's just it's a a waste of a meal. It's it's you're using a liquid in a place where there should be solids. I'm fine with stew, but this whole solid suspended in liquid like pick a lane soup, be a beverage or don't. <laughs> what about a bloody mary? You must like a bloody mary. I mean, I'll endure a bloody mary if I'm forced to, or if that's the the social pressure of the situation is indicating that, but. Uh, no, it's it's too thick for a cocktail. It's the uh, it's the inverse of soup. It's like a strange tomatoey gazpacho that's only good for le- relieving hangovers. I've always come to this conclusion. Like I've always asked people, what's the difference between a smoothie and a soup and a gazpacho? I think it's probably the flavor profile. Like smoothies tend to be su- uh, sweeter, and gazpachos and soups tend to be more savory. Um, I I always thought that smoothies were fruit based and soups were vegetable based. But the thing is, tomato is tomato fruit. soup. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, that blown right out the argument there. I've also had, you know, avocado puree that somebody tried to tell me was a soup. And it, it, what? It, it rings of smoothie with that, like, kind of green consistency. It's, there's, this is what I'm saying. This is my problem right here is there, there's too much blending over and median uh, exchanges of, of uh, categorization. Don't be offended with this, but kind of can imagine where the concept of gender fluid comes in because you have like, Gender fluid could be gender soup. It could be gender smoothie. Sure, and yet this oddly, I'm I'm a non-binary person, and I am totally okay with gender fluidity because it, it knows that it is fluid, and it goes between uh, you know, smoothie and and milkshake, which are both fine. Those are both thicker beverages. Neither of them are masquerading as lunch, and both of them can bring the boys to the yard. So damn right, totally up for it, totally up for it, damn right. <laughs> you ready for your first question, Trevor? I better be. You better be. 10 bucks. Would you eat a small bowl of potato broccoli soup? Oh, yeah. Wait, 10 bucks in addition to the cost of the Like, am I paying for the soup? Uh, let's say it's like a boring Starbucks soup. I, I pay for it out of my pocket. You pay for it? Yeah, I, I do that for 10 bucks. I wouldn't enjoy it, but I, I would do it. Would you do it for five bucks? Hmm. Small cup of soup? Yeah. Sure, let's do it for five bucks. Nice. I was going to throw in a bedroll. <laughs> I should, should have asked you if this... <laughs> for, for a bedroll? Oh, I should have held out. Okay, yeah, cool. I know bad. that now. My first question, I'm, I'm learning. I'm adapting to the game. All right. 
But what is the difference between us? Because I've had, I almost had an argument with my girlfriend about the difference between a soup and a stew. I believe it's the it's the chunks. Stew has got uh, tangible, chewable portions to it, whereas a soup. If you're chewing a soup, you're you're working, you're making a point of chewing the soup. A stew has to be chewed in order to be consumed. That's pretty true. I'm just trying to think like what well, stews I know. I tend to make like an Irish Guinness stew, for example. Sure. And yeah, I'm guessing with like lamb or beef, there's like and certainly potato, carrot. These are vegetables that you can see in their raw vegetable form, even though they're cooked. But there's they're not just liquefied down. They're not pretending, are they? They are they're who not. they are. No, I mean, like you imagine putting a, when you weren't uh, vegan, putting a, a McDonald's hamburger in a, in a blender, like in a Vitamix, everybody sees that and goes, and kind of cringes. That's what soup is, but with vegetables instead of meat. Stew, you need to have like the portions that you can get sink your teeth into. That is the distinction for me. It's perfectly placed. I think that makes total sense. Thank you, guys. Knock the door wide open. I don't like you're asking me why what my problem is with soup. I'm wondering why you're so quick to rise to soup's defense. What has soup ever done for you? Well, you know, it's somewhere in between. I don't have time for a proper meal. I could probably drink a cup of soup or eat a cup of soup along the road if I'm walking to work or something. I find it very valuable in the winter times. Of course, you're from like California. I mean, the fact you already said avocado soup is ridiculous. Yes. No, I mean, the idea of an avocado is ridiculous in itself. Putting it in the soup is doubly so. When I was in uh, Cancun, uh, I was in one bar and they offered a avocado martini. I was like, what the fuck is this? What are they doing? Mm. Did you tr- did you venture? Hell did no. No, I did not was go. Was it garnished with a pit instead of an olive? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that to me just sounds like like somebody trying too hard to make something Californian. It sounds and I want to be, I'll be clear. Guacamole is totally fine. Guacamole is a condiment, though. It's not a, it's not a soup. Avocado soup is just taking all of the best parts of avocado and distilling them until they're gone. At least make a guacarita. That would make more sense and it's more fun to say than a guacamole. It's a, very um, fun to say. Guacarita over, over avocado martini. No, guacarita. Guacarita I could get by. And I would go to a restaurant called Guacarita. Yeah. I don't have time for avocado martini. That's too many. Guacarita, I have time. I have oh. all the time in the world. For it. And you know who else doesn't? The bartender. No no one who's actually making the drinks is like, yeah, I want to puree a bunch of avocado and then put it through a mesh strainer and then mix it up with the spirit of your choice. That was some mixology like consultant's idea that they're like, this would be great. The owner said, okay. And then the bartenders just had to like get the work. I love the idea that someone's tasting a tanqueray number 10 and just be kind of like, you know what this needs? It's more <laughs> California. <laughs> Mm, this is okay. Idris. This is great. I love it. I, you're selling it, but I do feel like I can't put it on a burrito. Uh, is there any <laughs> way we can get that together? If we can just drown the delicate botanicals of this Tangerine 10 with a thick omega-3 fatty acid inspired fruit, <laughs> that would that's what we're going for. Getting real good sense of juniper here, but you know what will really enhance that juniper flavor and give it some <laughs> vibrant color? A little crocodile oh. pear. <laughs> I have another question about consistency for 25 bucks. Are you ready, Trevor? I am. This is to do a little bit more. This is more of a hygiene deprivating question. For 25 bucks, would you pick up human shit with your bare hands, squeeze it like Play-Doh, and not wash your hands for 30 minutes? Not even a little bit. For 25 bucks, get the hell out of here. Like Each part of that got worse and worse and worse. (laughs) It's a shit sandwich. Layered. Um, Yeah, I'm, I'm not... 
going anywhere near that. If I, if in this, I have to choose my favorite flavor of shit sandwich, I choose to opt out. <laughs> you can have avocado in it if you want. Oh, 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 okay. Never mind. So Californian shit sandwich. This totally reminds me of the South Park episode, uh, the smug episode. I don't know if you've watched uh, any South Park. Is that the one where they all get Priuses and fart into their wine glasses? Yes. Thanks. Yeah, that one. Yes. Yeah, I, I, as you may have guessed, being a California resident, have a Prius that I drive everywhere. And uh, the wine glass is nice, but I recommend a tumbler for anybody who's really getting into the, the fart sniffing of your own smugness. I would only imagine but, that a brandy snifter would be more useful. It, Jeez, I, it was right there. Oh, it was right there. But, but uh, you know, cognac <laughs> and brandy, that's kind of a, that's an across the pond kind of thing. I don't, I don't know anybody in the States who has like selected cognac. Uh, I, I guess unless it's mixed with cough syrup. Never mind. I take that back. But that's not served out of a, a snifter. That's like in a Collins glass. I would say New Orleans with their Sazerac. I like the idea that they picked the cognac and was like, I know how to make this better. Let's put bourbon or rye with it. And <laughs> yeah. add some you know what we can do? We can just have a better booze and we'll just drown that out there. Yeah. Now, Sazeracs are grind. They're, they're all right and everything. But as soon as you get to Sazerac, you don't think of it as a snifter anymore. You, none of the lyrics here are inhaled to that frequency. We don't have the time to breathe deep. We're no. too busy trying to compete for entrepreneurial empire. <laughs> Rule Britannia. Sorry. <laughs> Squeeze in. Okay. How about I change the question? So, you don't have to use your bare hands. You can wear gloves, like just disposable gloves. I got to squish it around. Yeah, you got to play with it a little bit. City putty. <sighs> These are like just like, you know, kind of the latex gloves you would get like at a restaurant you would put on your hands to you know prepare a cheap sandwich like are these like the flimsy clear don't stick to your wrist gloves or are these like doctors chalky like uh you're gonna get a proctology exam kind of gloves are these gloves designed for shit these are these are castaway gloves they're quite thin i'm trying to think about what you would have like for example a couple years ago when i had uh some more this is disgusting i don't know why i'm sharing this with you I had well, uh, yeah, like, you brought you asked the question, my friend. Yeah, well, I had uh, I had like a few warts on my feet, so I had to in, like use this specific rub, and they always give you shitty gloves within the packaging. Ah, uh, uh huh. You know, uh, like, I have I've dyed my hair before, and I think there they you go. Very yeah. I should have used that one. Fucking share <laughs> no, but now now I know about your foot warts, and so <laughs> does your enthralled listening audience. And I'm gonna be gone next week. They're gonna have to come back to you and picture those warts as you speak episode after episode yeah gonna be called wartsley from now on that's no fun <laughs> wartsley blake wart wart uh <laughs> not a very creative audience are you uh no. i'll put that on them i'm gonna say no still not even with the gloves it's it's human and we haven't even gotten into the consistency of the human shit because that there's a, a cadre of options there but Dealer's uh, choice gonna, i mean i wouldn't i would go for something solid hard i'm not gonna go for anything in the soup realm of consistencies. How about uh, 40 bucks? 40 bucks? What does 40 bucks get me these days? Um, nah, I don't know. Like, shit is a thing for me. I, I don't want to... Oh, actually, wait. Here's a question. This might change. Is it mine? Or is it, it a stranger's? It can totally is be Is it yours. a friend's? It can be yours. If it's mine... Okay, like not. <laughs> I don't know what it says that that makes it so much better for me. But I'm like, oh well, if I know where it came from. Well, I mean, um, if, if you're gonna sniff any farts, you sniff your own, right? 
Exactly. And yeah, and if you're sniffing the farts anyway, when you're trying to make a Sazerac in California, you might, might wind up in this situation anyway. So the gloves are a nice help. 40 bucks. Um, I'm still going to say no. 48. 48. Wow, that was an unexpected cutoff. You know what? Yeah, just because you didn't go to 50. Fuck it. <laughs> I had to get a 48. I can throw you the gloves for free. It's fine. Thank you. I'll, I'll take the gloves for $48. It's my own shit. I got to just like squish around. Yeah, because I mean, like maybe I swallowed a thumbtack or like a Monopoly token and I'm making sure that I've passed it. I'll, <laughs> I'll end up in, I'm trying to think of a situation in which I would be in this in real life, squishing it around. And then I'm not washing my hands for 30 minutes. That's the big, I can hang out for half an hour, I guess. And honestly, the shit's no dirtier than the money that I'm going to be at the cash that I'll be holding later. <laughs> I just love the idea that I'm in the room next to you. Like, oh, there's the thimble. (laughs) (laughs) Finally, we can play again. (laughs) A cool horse. (laughs) Oh, man. All righty. So comedically, have you been heckled much? Anything embarrassing happen on the stage? You know, I was thinking about this just the other day, and I haven't really, I've never gotten like, rude heckles and i think that might also be like uh from living in california most doing most of my performing here and in new york although you know that's not the stereotype you see in new york i haven't really gotten anybody rude the worst i've done is i bombed and i've gotten silence which to me hurts more than heckling um but uh, and uh, this is probably going to earn me some more heckling i often perform uh in bare feet I don't wear shoes when I go on stage really, mm-hmm. because it's an affectation to make me seem more important. And people would just, you know, yell out like, where's your shoes? Or occasionally a comic will come on after me and be like, walking around in bare feet and nasty. Uh, so that's about as close as I get. Comics can be savage and they kind of got to do what they have to do, I guess. Yeah. And that's fair. I don't begrudge that against them. I just feel like there's, and maybe this is my limited experience, but like audiences have become a lot more tame. Like they're, if they're not into it, they're just going to be on their phone or talk amongst themselves more than they're going to bash you about whatever. I have had some drunks who like, I couldn't follow their stream of thought who just started, you know, soliciting sex with me or uh, offering themselves up as, as sex workers for the general crowd. That's happened actually a couple of times, but I wouldn't consider that heckling so much as I would just consider that, loud debauchery yeah that does i think that just happens in most art forms i've been a musician before and you get that kind of stuff all the time no matter what country you're in i think i don't know they just they just travel around show up these people <laughs> yeah they're, just, they're popping the squat wherever they are trying to be entertained but they quickly realize they don't want actually to be entertained they want to be the entertainer but there's they don't have the bravery to cross up onto the stage themselves and so in, instead they're just annoying they're projecting Yeah, it's a shame. 50 bucks, Trevor. Would you trip up on your way to the stage and spill a beer all over yourself? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Because I think that's... I think that's humanizing. I know like, if I say no, you'll probably raise the price or whatever, the deals will change. But 50 bucks, yeah. Like, splash a beer all over myself, then maybe people take pity on me. They go, whatever. I can play it off. We can have a whole act. Yeah, very easy for me to do. I mean, yeah, you, I mean, you can very easily like adapt to the situation and roll with it. But the thing is, you're always going to be known in front of that crowd as the beer guy, you know? Ah, I think that's, 
there's worse reputations though because as that night goes on and people go oh that's the beer guy to a friend they're gonna be like oh that guy's got good beer he gave you a beer whatever it is they don't know the context of beer guy beer guy's a great guy to be that's true it could be another liquid you know you could pee your pants and then you'd be the pee the pants guy pee the pants would be much worse but like spilling a beer on top of myself i don't know i've always said for my own like uh where like how successful do you want to be marker like i want to have the kind of money where i could throw a beer in somebody's face and not care that i lost the price of the pint like you know that like would be in, nice indignant uh, and just ah oh, how dare you splash like that would be great so like to spill it on myself i'm like that kind of one good turn deserves another on that one for me i don't know if i'm using that expression correctly at all but yes yes i would do that for 50 bucks easy I'm not wearing a nice shirt and wearing a t-shirt probably if I'm going on stage. So yeah. How about 40 bucks? Would I do it for 40? Oh, right. You go down if I say this. Um, yeah. I mean, I've done more for 40 bucks as I cast these gloves into the trash. Uh, <laughs> sure. I do it for 40. I'll give you 40. Why not? I mean, that's, yeah, that's less than your uh, fiddling with poop. That's fine. Mm-hmm. By the way, uh, listeners, you, I tend to give my guests forms to fill out before they come onto the show. You took quite a while to fill yours out from, from understanding, right? Uh, yeah, I, I gave it. It's, it's due thought. I'm, I'm happy about that. Um, but did you, I don't quite understand. Do you enjoy cooking or do you just prefer to eat out, like prefer restaurant environments? Uh, I know I do. I enjoy cooking. I, before uh, COVID and everything, I like enjoy the event of going out to a nice meal. Like, uh, like a, a kind of tasting menu or coursing. I really enjoy that as an experience, but it's kind of like going to see a live show. Like it's not something you can do all the time. So I, while I enjoy cooking, like going to a restaurant and having the, the theater of that, the drama of that, God, I'm annoying. Uh, that is, <laughs> that is fun. So I, uh, yes to both. I like cooking and I like going out to eat. But do you like, I, I'm trying to work out which is more of a crux here. Do you, mm. I have I have two questions. I'm not entirely sure which one I want to run with right now. Um, one is based on um, your time and your effort and potentially wasting that versus you creating a public situation, which is very embarrassing for yourself, which is oh, more of a crux. I, I'm just uh, embarrassed myself publicly by spilling this beer all over myself. So let's go for the let's go for time management. I didn't realize I was being psychoanalyzed in this, too, but let's I like that. Let's go. <laughs> Yeah, I like to dig a little deep sometimes. And this is quite early before I start asking the intense questions. Okay, so we'll do a time management question. So 100 bucks, Trevor. Would you bake a wedding cake and then sit on it naked? Oh, sure. I mean, I'm, I think there are people on OnlyFans doing that right now <laughs> for free. So uh, yeah, a wedding cake. That's a lot of layers, a lot of effort. That's the thing. It's naked. the icing as well. Um, mm-hmm. I mean... There is something beautiful about destroying a work of art in such a like pedestrian kind of way to like, I, I mean, I'm not a, I like cooking. I am not a baker. That's like being a chemist. I don't, I can't <laughs> do them, get the measurements right or the barometric pressure or whatever it is that it, that uh, down here by the seashore makes it so difficult for me to get dough to rise when the sourdough craze was happening. I didn't even attempt Ooh. it. I was like, I know how this is going to end. Uh, so for me to actually go through baking a wedding cake, it's probably in everybody's best interest if I destroy it. And I might as well be, be rebaptized in fondant. So, yeah, I would do that. No, the you, thing didn't, is, you didn't offer me a price. <laughs> well, the thing is, like, 
you are putting your heart and soul into the wedding cake and it might even turn out better than you expected. I actually have a question about this. Is this a wedding cake in that it is the style of a wedding cake or is this for someone's wedding? Is this a cake that I am baking for people who are about to engage in nuptials? No, this is just something that you're doing. It's um, just like a, a multi-tiered cake with like frosting flowers. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What's the offer? <laughs> Before I just say, yeah, of course I do that. I do that for free. <laughs> well, it was a hundred, but I'm thinking about halving now. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, 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 no. We can do, uh, yeah, hundred dollars. Like that sounds like a fun way to spend an afternoon. And if I film it, I might actually make another hundred dollars on top of that. If I find the right website. How about? They'll give you 75 bucks and you're allowed to film it. 75 if I'm allowed to film it? Mm-hmm. Sure, yeah, I can make that up on the back end. Nice. People are always trying to find a way of making money while I'm giving them money. I don't understand. Is this a, have you had many American guests? Yeah, quite a few. Yeah, that's entrepreneurial like, types. Exactly. That's the mindset. They're like, oh, I got to get the hustle. They're not just going to give me $100. I've got to make that $100 work for me. Yeah. I'll put that I'll put 75 of that into Dogecoin and see what happens there. Kind of short some stock. Exactly. Man, I've been following that. Was that the uh the Reddit stock exchange with the GameStop? Mm-hmm. What a what a situation. I am generally not a gambler. Uh I work hard for my money, so I don't want yeah. to just throw it away. But uh a friend of mine tipped me off about GameStop a few weeks before it hit the news like that. So I was like, sure, I'll put like you know, a hundred bucks into this and uh, did and was able to make actually like a little bit of money, nothing to live off of, but mm. it was like playing the slot, like video poker. I was like, oh shit, actually, uh, I made a couple bucks on this. So I was pretty happy about it. And I turned it all into AMC and <laughs> I rued the day. That's the thing. I always consider betting and gambling. So, but I, I'm a quite a big fan of just like big fights, you know, like Mike Tyson versus uh, I was in Roy Jones Jr. and such. Sure, yes, I couldn't name a second fighter, so I'm glad you did. Yes, I'm glad I did too. I was worried. <laughs> <laughs> I never made the plunge to actually bet, and I'm glad I didn't because um, people lost money on that fight. <laughs> oh yeah, and like sporting events and like uh, I always look at like horse races or dog races. Uh, whenever they show them in movies, I'm like, just the, the odds alone are such a science that you need to understand that I don't go anywhere near it. And I generally don't tend to gamble. I'll make like penny bets with friends. Like, you know, if you, if you can make a penny into a, a little jar from across the side of the room, then I have to do something else, but there's no real stakes involved in it, you know? Yeah. Just for fun. And that's kind of more my style too. Yeah. I think it's because I know I have an addicted personality and if I get if I start to get good at gambling, then it's all going to be over for me. Yeah, I feel the same. I have another question, but it's a more, again, it's back to a hygiene related question. All right. I don't know why I'm just throwing these at you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's your show, man. Throw whatever you like at me. <laughs> for a shitty if you like. All right. 250 bucks, Trevor. Would you pee on yourself or not shower for 48 hours? For 48 hours? Oh, boy. I am a very clean person. And, uh, one of my like largest fears, I don't have a very good sense of smell. So I'm, I'm uh, frequently checking in to make sure that I smell all right, because I, if, if I didn't, I wouldn't be able to tell. So I need friends to alert me to the, the status of my smell. So for a full 48 hours, no, I don't think I, I don't think I could do that. I mean, I actually showered about three hours ago. This quarantine has like made my sense of smell really shitty. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> I'm, I'm trying really hard to be, you know, presentable but it's like i don't know <laughs> it's no, I, 
I feel you. And like, I wonder sometimes if my sense of smell is so bad because I was such so smelly as a kid that my nose, my nasal passages rebelled. They're like, shut down all the sensors. It's not going to get any better. Just got to keep it down now. <laughs> shut it down. <laughs> exactly. Uh, that's that's my governor you're doing an impression of there, sir. A good po- is he still governor? I thought he... Not anymore. No. no, my former governor. But it's like, I think you keep the title forever. Yeah, I think so. I mean, that I've read that because um, Trump still gets um, intelligence supposedly before the general public because he was president. Yeah, they're trying to stop that. They're they are. That, really yeah, are. Biden's pushing for it. I saw mm-hmm. that. <laughs> Understandable. But yeah, it's kind of been a, a bizarre experience because when I was in high school, uh, an action star was my governor. And then when I graduated college or a few years after that, in my adulthood, a reality star became my president. So like, just the the topsy-turvy casting that is politics in america has never impressed me like the the gravity of the office you know like we don't have a a monarchy here so and the more you hear about the presidents the worse you find they were so i've never been like oh yes the most hallowed office in the land when trump became president i was like oh cool so they're just like not trying anymore they're stunt casting the presidency now was he just in the queue you know (laughs) yeah exactly that's a pretty good premise for a joke you should definitely run with that Thank you. I'll make a note to write this down. Um, I was going to say how about 24 hours instead, but I realized the price is 250 bucks. So I would like to do 25 hours. It's 10 bucks an hour. Sure. 10 bucks an hour, 25 hours. Do I have plan? Like, is this like during a normal weekday? Can I spend the 24 hours alone? You can take, I mean, this is a day off work. This could be a Sunday for you. PL over my, and when we say PL over myself, it, this is coming like from the source. I'm not like peeing into a pitcher and then like <laughs> I'm not flash dancing myself with urine. Now the way that I had picture this would be um, you pee yourself when you're sleeping and you wake up and you just oh I'm just I'm just in it. You're just in it and then they, that's the way you be until I give you access to a clean shower. You know what? Oh, yeah, because I'm gonna I'm thinking now of like my grandma in a nursing home has probably gone through this experience. Hopefully, an orderly check on her more than every 25 hours. But I think there are people that live with this uh, all of the time. I don't think it's that undignified. I would say yes, for 25 hours, I could take a day to myself, lying in my own pee, letting the stench sink into my mattress. Oh God. <laughs> but I would I would do that. Would you do it for 225? No, I would do it. $10 an hour, that seems reasonable to me. That's fair. You probably want to pay taxes on it anyway. So. Oh yeah, they're gonna chop it all up now. it's been really fun uh doing this podcast with people from florida and then people from california <laughs> and i'm like taxes and like no <laughs> take my money <laughs> we're gonna take a little bit away from you now from my dead body you are I- whereas, whereas most people are kind of like yeah i'm sure the poor need it no i need it mm-hmm. what the poor have I done for me <laughs> <laughs> i'm generally like in in favor of I would love it if my taxes were going to the poor. It's just like for every dollar that I'm taxed, it's like 1.2% is going into welfare. The vast majority of it is going into the military. So that's my problem with where my taxes are going. I'd be, if we were on a Norway type system and like, I didn't have to pay for college. If every time I went to the hospital, it wasn't going to bankrupt me, then I would be totally fine with the taxes going. But the fact that it's turning into like F-17s, that's why I'm like, maybe you don't take that away. Maybe you let me spend it on uh, getting my appendix removed later. To me, it was like the the times when Bernie Sanders was running for the primaries. We had Jeremy Corbyn in the UK, 
And both mm-hmm. of those guys are supposedly, in the U- U.S. terms, progressive or radical progressives. Yeah, uh, right. J- Jeremy Corbyn was like his his kind of saying was like, "Let's distribute the wealth fairly," which is pretty much a direct translation from Karl Marx. Which is mm-hmm. people were just kind of like, "No," and then people started like shitting on his grave and doing all of the detrimental stuff. It's like it's it's still a modern day expression, which def- definitely runs deep with people. The wealth should be distributed. It's just a question as to how and where we do it. Oh yeah, and rather than collecting it with uh, these these uh, emeralds of industry that are coming up uh, to have it go to the workers who produced it, it's a terrifying idea, especially in America because so many of our so many of us are uh, you know still believing the dream that like well. I don't want anything bad to happen to the rich ever because someday I'll be rich. We still somehow believe that. I've fallen into that all the time. <laughs> I'm like, well, no, don't worry. If I work hard, eventually I'm going to have money. So I'm preparing for when I do later. Whereas it's, no, it's all going to like the same 14 people. I will quote George Carlin in saying that they call it the American dream because you need to be asleep to believe it. Exactly. And also the, the current billionaires, like, when the Rockefellers and the Carnegies and all those, their contemporaries, I can't name a third one, uh, Hudson, sure, uh, were hanging out together. They were gathering all this wealth, but then they were also making public works, like, you know, building like Carnegie Hall or the the, the J.P. Morgan Museum, all of these uh, parks that were dedicated for the public good. So it wasn't exactly a, redistribu- a redistribution of wealth, but there were positive legacies left behind and i don't think like spacex is going to be so your kids can go to space for free anytime they want to and experience the joy to look at the stars it's going to be no it's so that we can ship missiles anywhere that we need to on the earth in two hours hey this system we're running is very great let's try to expand into the galaxy yeah exactly we we've fixed it we've got it all the bugs kinked out now so we're going to start rolling this out en masse. Basically, uh, Tesla and Elon Musk's whole thing is ba- is the cyberpunk 77 yes. of, uh, of industries. It's like, no, it's ready. Push it. We'll patch it later. 500 bucks, Trevor. Are you ready? I'm, I am now, yes. Mm-hmm. For the next two months of your life, everything you eat is oversalted. For two months? That's, uh, my roommates just did Whole30 and... I watched them grow weary of potatoes over the course of three weeks. <laughs> Is it significantly oversalted or just a little bit like, oh, they use a little bit too much salt? More, yeah, for your, for your tastes. It's like your tongue will probably start to burn a little bit at the end of the meal, but it takes until the end of the meal until you feel the burn. Feel the burn, here we go. Until, <laughs> until I feel the burn and redistribute the wealth to my mouth. Um, <laughs> This one just for, practic- for practicality's sake, I think my sodium intake shouldn't be that high. I try and I, I try and hydrate well, but I don't know if that'd be enough to flush that out. No, I think there's too much risk with oversalty food. How about every other meal for the next two months? So that cuts that down a little bit. You never know which meal, though. You always kind of oh. call off guard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for pointing that out to me. Because if I go in and if I do have like a smoothie for breakfast and it's oversalted, <laughs> that's going to be a bad experience. Yeah. Uh, I hate it. It's one of those things, too, with like salting. Everything is undersalted 
until the moment it is over salted. There's never a perfect, like I'm like, ah, this was salted perfectly. It always, it's, it needs a little bit of salt and then you put it on it, it's fine. But over salting guy, it's such a distinct problem. I used to work with a line cook who uh, I had seven meals sent back in one night because they were over salted. I was like, you need to figure this out champ. Like I'm gonna take your salt away until you've earned it again. <laughs> So I'm going to say no. This is a weird one for me. I will. I would play with my own shit gladly, but <laughs> I'm not going to eat salty meals. Every other meal for two months for 700. That's, uh, I mean, that's good. That's rent right there. Taken care of for enduring some over salting, but I've, it makes my mouth burn. I'm still going to say, I'm going to hold out. I'm going to say no. I'm also very curious like to see where your limits are on this how many meals do you have in a day i i think i would go, i say three yeah i'm one kind meal, of the average one meal a day for two months seven hundred dollars but i don't know which meal it is no Hmm. <laughs> Imagine your cereal in the morning, talking into Captain Crunch. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, you don't want salty Lucky Charms. That is a that is a cattywampus experience. First thing in the morning, and, and uh, both of us immediately are like, "It's got to be breakfast." That is randomly just <laughs> affected by because if you're like a little over salty lunch, eh, not the end of the world. Sixty meals. That's what I'm asking, really. And how about let's start this in February? So you have 28 days in one month. <laughs> All right. Okay. Cool. That's that was very generous of you, and it's yeah. not a leap year. Um, sixty meals, seven hundred dollars. I'm gonna still. I'm gonna hold on. I'm gonna say no. One month. One month. One meal a day. Thirty days. Month. Okay. All right. We're not in February anymore. No. Whole thirty, but instead of whole thirty, it's random salt. I feel like a month I could do. 700 bucks. We have a deal? 700 bucks. Yeah. Rent for that month is the, uh, what I pay for it is in taste. We've got a deal. Nice. My favorite comedian in the States currently is Bill Burr. He did a great section on um, Saturday Night Live. Um, he's specifically talking about months. And he was saying like, gay pride now have a month. And he was like, how, how come they get a month? How come they get June or July? Black people have February. So you're 28 days in February and they can't have a fucking parade. It's too cold. I love the uh, the pr- premise for that not being like, well, how come now gay people get a parade? But he's like, how come we gave the gay pride parade over like the, the over Black History Month? I think that's uh, a great one to just be like, why can't we just move Black History Month to the summer where it'd be nice? Yeah. And he said, like, if you're black and gay, you get two months of parades. Everyone wins. Like, there you go. The thing is, though, nobody wins because parades are terrible. <laughs> we, parade, parades are a leftover form of entertainment from when gazebos were innovative I don't think anybody like delights in a parade and you just assume that every gay person just likes parades and rainbows and glitter you know June was my least favorite time of year in New York I mean I, I am a queer person but I hate parades I hate pageantry in a, in a glittery way I, I glitter on its own is just it 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 has been many times called the herpes of arts and crafts. And I, I think that's very apt. It, once you have it, it does not go away. And I dislike uh, like traffic blockades. Like I dislike having to alter my route for the sake of loud, <laughs> loud, slow processions. 
This is my the same thing with my taxes going into the military. I'm also not I'm not being a good ally or a representative, I guess, of a queer culture. But I cannot stand a parade. It's really funny. I, I really generalized earlier, and I feel very ashamed of myself because one of my questions is to have lifelong edible glitter in all of your beverages. And straight away, I was like, I'm not going to ask him that. He he's queer. He might be okay with glitter. Uh, this is such a generalization, which I hate myself for now. No, you're fine. I mean, uh, you were you were forgiven on behalf of all the queer people out there. But good, good job checking yourself. No, glitter is the ultimate stain to me because it's not like it's it's shiny and nonsense. Although, if I had to play with my own poo, if it was filled with glitter, that might have changed uh, what I would have wagered for that question. There was massive cases of people sending glitter bombs in the mail to homophobic mm-hmm. people. Remember that. When was that? Do you remember then of this story? I, I remember that. I have no idea when it was. It sounds to me like 2018. Yeah. Uh, but that, I'm pulling that number out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, me too. That's so 2018. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this a simpler time. Pre, it was pre-pandemic, mm, 2018 or 1994. It was one of those. Uh, but yeah, and like if you get glitter on your mask and it's on your face, it's in your facial hair if you have any. And also edible glitter. I don't trust I don't trust that they're like little tiny pieces of metal or paper or whatever they are. Plastic probably is actually most likely. I, I just don't feel like that's going to come out of my system all the way. There's always going to be sparkling intestines. And the environmental damage too. I can only imagine. Yeah, it can pass through your system. But what about a bowfish or a jellyfish? Who knows? Yeah. I'm so happy that you're celebrating who you are and that you're finally okay with this. But you are also destroying the planet. <laughs> So so I kind of see conservatives point a little bit, not the same way that they're saying it with God and hellfire, but with the plaza and the glitter. Yes, I I, they have a point. All righty. A thousand bucks. Uh, Trevor. Um, Change the sound of your phone notifications to your own sex noises for a month. Oh, for I sorry. The way you phrased that made me think there was an or coming Um, uh, or coming. is. uh, (laughs) Or, or every time you come, your sex noises are an SMS. Um, would I do that? Here's the thing. Yeah. Because one, maybe among my friends, I could pass it off as a, a Sherlock joke uh, from uh, the BBC Benedict Cumberbatch Sherlock. Uh, and also, like, this is something your audience can know about me. I'm generally fairly quiet in bed. Not like serial killer quiet. But I'm, I, I don't think I don't like grunt. I don't have a hefty, like animalistic, bestial uh, sound of release. So I think that would actually be pretty tame. You might miss some of your calls. I know. Like, I know the whole point of this is you're supposed to like pressure me <laughs> into changing it so that I can go. But I'm fine with that. That is very easy. I don't know if it's undignified, but yeah. Okay. Happy to do that. 800 bucks for two months. Is it in addition to the 1000? No, this is a chance. Like I, I get a thousand for one month and then eight hundred for another two. How about one thousand five hundred for two months total? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm totally fine with that. All right. And honestly, like, might keep my phone on do not disturb most of the time. I'm at work, or I mean, not anymore. <laughs> now I'm just at home. Yeah, who's gonna hear it? Like, sex noises coming from my room. My roommates hear that all the time. Anyway, not all the time. This wasn't pandemic proof. This question. <laughs> Whoops. Mm-hmm. I forget because we're not in lockdown here in Sweden. So, <laughs> each to their own. 
<laughs> I was wondering, I was trying to place your accent. I didn't realize. I'm from the UK, but I live here. Been here for oh, like you actually years. do live in. Oh, I thought that was a joke. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm here. Where do you live? I'm in Stockholm. I wanted to go to Gothenburg for like four or five years now and was planning to. And then the pandemic happened. It's a really nice place. It's windy as fuck. You get the coastal breeze. It rains a bit. They call it like little London because it's very much like England when it comes to a little culturally, but mostly weather-wise. But the people are nice. Yeah, I, I, I have reason I, it's even on my map is that I had a friend from there who was one of the nicest people in the world. I was like, I would love to go visit you. And I, I, I've also been actively trying to emigrate from my trash fire of a country. And I was looking at, the, at Scandinavia being like, yeah, you, you got to figure it out. You put your taxes into, uh, you know, people, which I like. I like the use of the word trash fire because it's all about the fire right now. I, I'm really sorry to hear about all the burnings and stuff. Oh, in California, especially it is. Uh, yeah, it's it's a pressing concern. It, it's the fifth season. It's, it goes spring, summer, fires, autumn, winter. And yeah. uh, I, <laughs> I'm trying to dodge it. Like people won't insure houses for fire anymore because like, well, it's going to catch eventually. So there's no uh, interest to our company for it. It's only a matter of time. <laughs> So we have four questions coming up from for Trevor here. Um, he's doing pretty good so far, haggling me up, but uh, he's got his sex noises on his phone. He has uh, salty foods and such, and we'll see what other pain and possibly pleasure I give him with the next four questions. I'll be right back after these messages. I'm a DM. And I'm a PC. And together we tell the story of 1P D&D. Well, it's not just a story. It's my story. Right, but it's a collaborative format. Yeah, but it's about me. A rogue who pulls herself up by her bootstraps from the streets of Waterdeep, is brought back from the dead, and wanders the continent from crisis to crisis, helping people and looking for a place to call home. Yeah, and I'm everyone else. The monsters, the villains, the gods, the sidekicks, the shopkeeps, the guards. I'm the god's damned scenery. Yeah, but you wouldn't describe all that stuff or do all those voices if I wasn't there to make pop culture references and share animal facts. I weave together a mythic tapestry of swashbuckling adventure in cities, horror, and breathtaking fantasy. And I make it cute. You do make it very cute. 1P D&D. Every Wednesday, wherever you put podcasts in your ears. And we are back, Trevor. Have you been having fun so far? I had a great time. That commercial break was delightful. I sure want to enjoy that product and or service. <laughs> wink, wink. I can almost hear the glisten in your eye. <laughs> um, how long have you been playing D&D for? Uh, six years now. I started in 2015. So not very long at all. I, it, it took D&D podcasts to get me to be aware of the game. Between like that, the community episode, uh, of the, I mean, the episode of the show Community, and um, Stranger Things, it was kind of like, all right, D&D has been on my radar for so long as just a, a generally indoor kid, uh, but I'd never done it. It was like Star Trek. I'd never seen an episode, but it's something that people immediately go, oh, you're you're not popular. Uh, you like Star Trek? You like D&D? Um, but I started listening to a, a podcast and went, oh, man, maybe this game would be more fun than math. And uh, yeah, it is. I, I really enjoy it. I didn't realize it was just, it was improv with uh, a coat of paint. Exactly. Uh, perfectly placed. I don't know if you've ever seen the show iZombie. Mm, I have not. Uh, they play D&D in a few seasons of that. And like, it, it looks very exciting like from, from the outside perspective. Um, yeah, I think dramatizing D&D in uh, an entertaining way is 
a skill in and of itself. Uh, I mean, the kind of the conceit of our show was that we we're like going to make it like a radio play. And then I started listening to Hero Club, which I'm happy to promote on this. If you don't listen to Hero Club, but you like D&D, check it out. They go through a lot of work to make the episode sound like like they put in Foley for footsteps and for fireballs and things. So it, it, it sounds more like a radio play where occasionally they tell the actors to roll dice, but they do very, very well there. I want to check out myself. Um, but how many characters have you made in the D&D world? Oh, good question. Only like three. Because I mo- like you called it, I mostly am a DM. Um, so I've, I've only had like three characters over the course of my, I shudder to say, career. Do you have any which stand out specifically to you? Oh, sure. Uh, I have a uh, Astamir cleric um, who's like, you know, this, this grave digger who betrayed his... Uh, you know, fell from grace and uh, lost his angelic powers and is now a fallen Aesimer. And a friend of mine roasted me so hard to say, oh, so your your character is a fallen angel with daddy issues? Real stretch of the imagination there. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that is uh, Sasha Kieraskarovich Groza is uh, <laughs> the name of that character. I don't know how this question is going to play out. Uh, 25,000 bucks, Trevor. Oh my God. Yeah. From now on, you are this character. That is who you are. Oh, wow. It's funny. Like the way that's pitched, I don't know if that is a punishment or a reward. You know, like if that is something that I have to endure, like, uh, like, do you want to be a superhero? It's like, yes, but my superhero is an alcoholic gravedigger living in a, a demiplane of the Shadowfell. Yeah. Um, no, as much as I'm enjoying playing uh, Gross's Redemption arc, uh, I enjoy living the life that is mine that much more. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say no. Also, what's Groza going to do with $25,000? It'll be turned into cheap wine overnight. Hmm. I will change the question. 25000 bucks, Trevor. Mm-hmm. For the next five years, you have a mullet and a mustache. The next five years. Young man. <laughs> There's a place I can go. Uh, oh, wow. I had a mullet when I was four, so I'm I'm used to that. And I think, I think with all the the '80s revivals that are coming out now, you could rock a mullet, ironically, and that is an obnoxious thing to even entertain doing. I don't know it's a it'd be a contrast because right now I I am bald and have a full beard, so that would be kind of a, an inverse of what I got going on right now. Five thousand a year. Yeah, it's not terrible, and like for something that is really not too bad although like uh, i got all these stickers printed up they've got a picture of uh, i got my cartoon on them so i'd have to sink some of that (laughs) five grand into rebranding pretty quickly i wonder if it would start to affect the timbre of my voice like if i would start to get that kind of florida type thing going on just because of the hair (laughs) i've been watching um walking dead there's a character Mm. there you called eugene he calls it tennessee waterfall a Tennessee waterfall. And that's the thing. Is this like a full, like, you know, the feathered kind of Farrah Fawcett uh, got run over kind of mullet? Or is this like like Ted Cruz just has been getting dragged all over Twitter uh, for showing him with some weird undercut mullet thing he's got going on? And uh, I've, I already get compared to Ted Cruz more than I would like. Ooh, you, you can decide. I think this is where his choice. I think I would have to go like the full like like Billy from Stranger Things kind of mullet. See, I like that. I almost want one myself. See, I and I see that. And I'm like that. 
is gross, but it's kind of cool. But five years is such a long time to commit to one look. The thing is, you kind of need like fingerless gloves. You need like double denim and you need that mm-hmm. full, that full yeah, Billy look. The, the torn off. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So yeah, everything changes around it. You like, I can't be right. I can't have that hair and mustache in a Prius. So I'd have to get a new car. I have to get a, a Camaro. I'd have to join like a Def Leppard cover band or something. Mm-hmm. And then so now you've lost an arm. So everything's <laughs> yeah. going it. Uh, there's a lot. See, this is a load of questions. It's a good price because there's a lot that comes along with this hairstyle. I'm going to say no. No, if for nothing else, just the freedom to change it. $30,000. Going up a year. I mean, that'll help cover my car payments, my new car payments. But I also feel like I've given into you too quickly. So I'm going to say no. I'm going to see where this goes. No, thank you. It will save four years. And mm-hmm. f- say the beginning of those four years, you are where you are now. So it's not like all of a sudden, overnight, you get a mullet. You have to grow it. That could take a while. That could, uh, yeah, especially I'm, I'm starting from ground zero. Yeah, exactly. So you're starting from zero. So it's a little less than four years for 30,000. Growing out, the mustache will be there quickly, though. And having the mustache throughout <laughs> the rest of the process is going to be, there's got to be like a Napoleon Dynamite phase through there. And it'll be brief, but even brief. Pictures last forever. Still going to have to say no on that one, Ainsley. 35000 $35,000. Six year. Would you bump it up to thirty-six? I can do thirty-six. Ah, no. I'm glad I could, could shift you like that, but I'm still going to say no. Oh, man. Um, how about a thin mustache? That doesn't make it better at all. Well, like a like a Casablanca, like barely visible, like a John Waters mustache. Yeah, like a twenties. I don't know, thin pencil style. I don't know with a mullet. Oh God, no! That <laughs> that makes it so much worse. Okay, no mustache. Thirty five thousand. No mustache, just the mullet. Uh, no, somehow I feel like the mustache balances it out because <laughs> the like mullet a on its paperweight. Own. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It, it, it just kind of it draws the eye, so you're not focused on the mullet. You can bounce between the two. Gonna have to refuse. Forty thousand, four years, ten thousand a year. Ten thousand a year to rock a mullet. And if it, I, I'm not, hopefully this question isn't pandemic proof because I would be getting out <laughs> of lockdown <laughs> at some point there. Uh, no, I want to. This is this is about something else now. I'm gonna say no. How about this started at the beginning of the pandemic? So I like retroactively, I've had a mullet this whole time. Yeah. <laughs> We're going on one year. We've got three left. I don't see that many people. It's tempting, but I'm going to hold out. I'm going to say no. Never, never a mullet shall I have. 45,000 for three years. 15 grand a year. All right. Let's get that party going on in the back. There we go. Yes. Start the business in the front. 15 grand a year. Fuck it. Yeah. All right. All righty. I don't know if you use different album art for this, but I can send you a picture of four-year-old me with a mullet and you'll <laughs> you'll, you'll get the general effect. Uh, the, the thing that I just like is that I finally found a price. That's what I have to do here. It's very mm-hmm. rarely that I sometimes I just have to change the question, but I really wanted to dig my heels in there. So I'm glad you did. Now that we I, we found we found a situation in which I can 
Oh, look, I shudder every time I look at myself in the mirror. <laughs> My favorite question to ask after that question is, which one would you shave off first? Probably, probably the mustache. Because I think you can rock a mullet with a bald face, but having just the mustache and a bald head makes you immediately into a 1920s strongman. <laughs> Yeah, my issue is I can't grow a very good mustache. It cuts off around like just the sides. So if I were to shave my head and keep that, I'm really worried that I might like that look. And that look is kind of the creepy teabag prison break-esque look, you know? I, slimy. Yeah, you got like a, a Charlie Bronson kind of... Uh, you, can't look at anybody, you can't look at anybody with a bald head and a mustache without them assuming you're trying to pick a fight. Yeah, I can't pull it off. I'm not, I'm not built for it, you know? And do and yeah now you you'd have to start exercising in order to get into it and that's a whole kind of lifestyle change that goes around it. See, this is what you think you pose these questions, you don't realize the implications that each one has because you've got to adapt around the look. Yeah, fifty thousand dollars. Do you enjoy your job as a barista? I mean, no. <laughs> of course. <laughs> you like coffee though, right? I mean, I you... do. Yeah. No, and it's it's fine. I don't hate it. I'm. There's much, many, many worse jobs I could do, and I could do less for less money. But uh, no, I wouldn't say I, I get any satisfaction out of it. 50,000 bucks. All the coffee you drink from now on is just slightly too cold. Oh. <laughs> God, that was a pretty, that was a first world grunt right there. <laughs> oh, it's slightly too cold. No, please. Not the coffee. Give me my shit back. Uh, put the salt on the coffee, but let it be hot. Yeah. No. Yeah. You, you named your price right away. I like, I've got a, a wave of privilege floating in front of my face being like, don't, don't you dare be so picky. I'll take the slightly too cold coffee because if it's slightly too cold, I can add ice to it and just embrace that for a while. I love a hot cup of coffee, but Fucking man, I'll I'll drink tea rather than be like, no, fifty thousand dollars, get out of here. Have you had anybody like fight with you on that one? Yeah, literally, I did one episode before this, um, and the guy was like, "Well, jokes on you, I love iced coffee," and I'm like, "Well, okay, fuck you then. Let's change the question. Let's make it room temp." And he's like, "Oh no, not room temp. No one, <laughs> no one wants that. I live in Malaysia. Room temp is hot." <laughs> Forty-five thousand bucks, Trevor. Would you do that? Wait, you offered me fifty thousand the first time. I did, yeah. No, 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 I'm not gonna do it for less. Or wait, sorry, I said yes, yes, I would. Ah, I understand now. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, yes, I would do it for forty-five thousand. I won't haggle you further. That's fine. I'm happy. All right, you can. You could have gotten me all the way down. I would have done. I would have done it for free, if nothing else, just to let the white guilt wash out of me. <laughs> I love the Fred many years ago was like, I think it's called first world problems. And it's like when you're trying to open your second bag of crisps, but your fingers are still sticky from the first bag of crisps. Oh yeah. <laughs> or yep. chips. You call it. Oh no, I, I, I've watched enough BBC then to make the translation. Thank you. Uh, yeah. That, no, that's when I, w- I would have had to have done that for free just in order to like, if I ever run into anybody who's listened to this to be like, really, you couldn't have a slightly cold cup of coffee. Microwaves exist. No, not allowed that. Not in this world. Doesn't matter what you okay. do. <laughs> that's fair. Yeah. Slightly too cold. I mean, I'm drinking coffee that's slightly too cold right now because I've been letting it sit this whole time. <laughs> but what I, about I my endure. problems? <laughs> <laughs> Everything is relative. You have to prorate every problem that you have. Like just because 
you're not suffering as much as somebody else doesn't mean you're not suffering. The coffee's not hot enough. Immediately went into a sister from Schitt's Creek on that. 100,000 bucks, Trevor. I need you to explain your whale watching adventures for this. Okay. How much did you love that? Well, why did you love it so much? And how did you get that job? Oh, that job was the greatest. Uh, I was a, a whale watching guide for uh, people coming off cruise ships in Alaska. I would take them from their boat. I would put them on a smaller boat. I would show, I would talk to them about whales. We would see the whales. I would talk to them about anything else until we got back to their boat. I mean, for one thing, it was working outdoors. It was always moving. Like I'm not really good in an office uh, setting. I like to have a kind of change of scenery. And the scenery that I got to see was beautiful. We were in Lynn Canal and it was like you know, a slice of Narnia with mist coming off the trees and uh, then I got to go hang out with humpback whales, which are the most beautiful creature I've ever seen. They're enormous, they're, but they're gentle. They sing at you. They're, they smell really terrible. They smell really, really bad. I will give them that, but I don't have a very good sense of smell. So it was a perfect job for me. <laughs> um, yeah. And then like every other part of the time that's not hanging out with whales is the, the Trevor show where I get to talk to people about life in Alaska and make dumb jokes about prospecting. <laughs> that's great. Just to elaborate to the listeners, because I'm not sure if I heard it properly, but he said whale watching and not whale washing. Yes, no, that- the whales The whales spend most of their time in water. There's very little washing that needs to be done. 100,000 bucks, Trevor. The memory of anything you have done outside of California has gone. Ooh. That's right. I mean, for one thing, that's all of that. those Alaska adventures is gone, and I miss that. But there's also... With all of those good, there's a lot of pain. And I lived in New York for five years. There's a lot of pain in New York. There was a lot of pain in New York. I mean, New York New York itself is pain. New York is like running barefoot on a treadmill, but the treadmill is made out of like the reverse side of one of those like desk stabilizers you would have in a carpeted office. I don't know if this is a memory specific to my childhood, <laughs> but uh, like in everybody, it felt like in every family's home office in the mid nineties, there was a clear plastic sheet that they could put their swivel chairs on. And the reverse side of that was covered with tiny spikes, like, like football cleats. Yes. I remember. Um, so like the treadmill is made of that and you're running barefoot on it next to another person who's trying to push you off the treadmill. That's New York city. To me, like a song started playing in my head. It was like, we built the city on a lot of pain. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we built this, this city. city. Ow, ow. <laughs> Stop it. We built, I'm trying to sing, we built, ow. Um, but I think you learn from the pain. I think the pain, especially being from California, going and like toughening up in New York for a little bit. No, I want to keep the memories because even the painful stuff has made me better overall. How about you lose your memories of all of the adventures outside of California for 10 years? And then they come flooding back? Slowly, over the course of five years, start dripping back to you. So in 15 years, you're, you're, you're aces again. It's for $100,000. I mean, what that sounds to me like is repeating my 20s and my 30s, which sounds like a Twilight Zone like nightmare punishment. Because <laughs> uh, I think back to 20-year-old me and I go, oh, God. Um, and I thought I was such hot shit. Uh, no, for like this, this is going to be an altruistic t- decision, but no, for the sake of everybody who has to deal with me for those 10 years, I don't want them to have <laughs> to go back um, to, to that smarmy chub. Uh, so I'm going to say no. You think there's anything I can do to make you bend around this question or should I try another question? 
I think try another question. I think this is a hard one for me that like, I've got to stick to it to be like, no, the mistakes are what made me. It's the thing. You lived in New York, so you know what a good slice of pizza is like, don't you? Sure do. And I know how to walk with it too, you smoothie drinker. $100,000. You can never have a New York style pizza again. I mean, for the sake of the game, I'm tempted to be like, that's fine. Honestly, <laughs> fuck New York pizza. It's delicious. I love it. But the, the whole attitude about it to be like it's in the water you gotta have the right water you can't get it like i'm it's it is not even invented in the city if, if i can i can still have other kinds of pizza i'm fine with that i'm not gonna i'm th- probably lactose intolerant as it is anyway yeah i i want to say no i couldn't possibly no new york pizza but no fuck them I'll, I'll learn to appreciate deep dish deep dish is chicago isn't it it is Deep dish is awful. Deep, deep dish is like a sweaty pie. Uh, <laughs> it is, isn't it? Yeah, it's not, it's not good at all. Like I, I completely am on the side of New York and like the anti-deep dish sentiment. Uh, and, you know, I've, I had a couple of different slices of deep dish. It wasn't just I had the one bad experience. Now, if you're going to go to Chicago, get some sort of, well, I was going to say sausage, but you, you that wouldn't work for you. It's like, it's like someone just poured a cup, like a, a jar of salsa into a pie crust and put it in the microwave. That's exactly what it's like. Oh my God. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's like somebody was trying to make shepherd's pie, but then they didn't have any gravy. So they reached in and got a thing of paste and we're like, this will be fine yeah. and dumped it in. If you want California style, then you put avocado slices on top of it. <laughs> I forget which, which way I'm answering, but sure. I'll take the money. <laughs> Would you take it for $80,000? Yeah. Yeah. I can't think of a, I can't think of that $20,000 argument being too, uh, to, na- to make or break for that. Alrighty, 80,000 it is. We're not going back to New York anytime soon anyway. It'll be fine. I've always thought that a shitty pizza is still good because it's a pizza. Exactly. That's my whole thing about it is I'm like, you know, I can go down to the local joint and the pizza will be, the, the crust is too thin and it's like, it, it's baked on the wrong side and it crunches when you try and fold it in half, which I'm not into. But I'm not such an asshole. I'm going to be like, no, only New York. Because I still eat pizza here. It's not like I'm saying, well, I only eat New York style pizza. So if I never have it again, then fine. I, at least I still get pizza. I feel like we've really triggered a lot of New York listeners. Kind of like, oh, hold my crust. I can't handle this. <laughs> yeah, come and get me. Come and walk. You'll never make the drive. Miss feel like, what the fuck are you doing over there, Swedish meatball cunt? You know, oh, chill out, man. <laughs> Whoa, walk in me- here. Is the meatball such a thing for you in Sweden? Is that like... Is that like pizza? It's a thing. Yeah, meatballs is our culture. It's a part of what we do. It's more about the condiments around it because we have like a lingonberry jam you serve. And like, why would you have jam with with meatballs? But the thing is, you have cranberry sauce with your turkey on Thanksgiving. Where did you get that from? Yeah, no, I immediately was like, no, you need that. You need that nice, nice little bit of like kind of tart and sweetness to balance out the salt and the heavy. That actually sounds delicious. Oh, man, we're coming up to your last question. All right. Embrace. How am I doing? How's, what's my dignity cost me so far? I'm, I'm about to ask you the same. How do you feel you're doing? I feel like I'm doing okay. I, I don't know. I feel like the earlier questions were so more torn for me over the over you know five or ten dollars. These like huge astronomical prices. I'm like, nah, I can't. <laughs> I can't be a dick <laughs> for that much money. But it was like what forty eight hours in my own pee. <laughs> uh, so I think. I think I was doing stronger. I think I'm I'm doing okay. I think I'm selling out now. You started strong. You're starting to weaken a little bit. You're starting to feel my wrath. So for a quarter of a million dollars, your biggest fear, 
you want to explain that to the people? Tell me what you wrote. Uh, yeah. So uh, my biggest fear being that I am completely untrustworthy, that people don't believe what I'm saying is true. I don't have any integrity or uh, a sense of character that people just generally think I am lying at all times. It's understandable. Quarter of a million bucks. You become a comedic success. You get everything you want from the career you love. But when you tell your loved ones about your achievements, they don't believe you. They brand you as a liar. They listen to what you have to say, but they don't believe you're being honest, no matter the evidence. Dang, that's a good question, Ainsley. It's your double-edged sword. Uh-huh. Everything you want. That's a, a monkey's paw of a situation right there. I... I've been working in comedy for like 16 years now. So it is kind of disappointing that none of you have heard of me. Um, and to have that change and get that recognition would be would be quite nice. I would love it if two uh, people on a podcast were discussing what I said about parades. <laughs> yeah. Now, especially like my level, like, you know, if I was a famous comedian, and I was trying to tell strangers and they didn't give me the time of day. I think that is that's just living in New York. No, nah, I don't think I could. I mean. As much as I love the dream, I, I'll, I'd rather keep working and have people believe me. It's a thing. I mean, it's your loved ones. Those are the people yeah. who tend to matter, isn't it? Exactly. So like I have, coming to them and also, also they're like, where do you go every night? I'm off performing on stage doing stand-up comedy. No, you're not. Well, you're having an affair. You're lying to me. You're having an affair. You're leading a double life. You're fighting crime as Batman, whatever it is, or Phoenix Jones, real life superhero. I, I, yeah, I wouldn't be able to, to live with that. Because the, the thunderous applause and roaring laughter of all of those crowds, as you greeted me, loving podcast audience, when I first came here, it wouldn't be worth it if uh, the people closest to me thought I was full of shit, glittery as it might be. I think of some adjustments here. Um, I don't know if there's any middle ground between people that uh, your loved ones are more like acquaintances. I don't know. Mm, yeah, sure. <laughs> people that I'm familiar with, but don't care for. Yeah, but then that's not really much of a commitment. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right, I was proud of that question. I'll just try to find something else. No, that, I, that was a really good question. Yeah. I think you revealed a layer of my soul there. I'm not sure it was funny for anyone, but <laughs> I, I, think I, I think I learned something about me from that. Uh, and yeah. it really isn't that why we do podcasts, to uncover the human spirit and what it is to be conscious in this world? I think when I saw that on the uh, on the prompts i was like oh there there's a turn that happens here <laughs> it's like what do you like to do in your free time well uh, what's kind of the, the best job you've ever had what is your darkest fear <laughs> oh god oh this won't be such a problem i can trust an internet stranger with my darkest fear yeah why wouldn't what could possibly go wrong he's got a hyphenated last name i'll be fine his parents were regalman clearly he's fine he's a dapper <laughs> fellow i've learned you lived in sweden you've explained there's plenty to trust also reached out to me on Reddit <laughs> based on a comment section <laughs> that I was like kind of fighting with some people. And some guy, I put a, a video of my uh, uh, standup on Reddit and somebody was getting really into me. Like, why are you joking about being a sex guy when you've got a muffin top like that? I'm like, hey, first of all, Whoa. the joke is about being a sex guy. Clearly, I'm not insinuating that I'm any good at sex. Or I wouldn't be making jokes about it. And also, why are we making this so personal? And I love the, the end part. Was it enjoy Portland? You'll never leave or something like this. Yeah, do you enjoy enjoy being a comedian in Portland? I was like, you know what? I have done open mics in Portland, and I did enjoy it. I am perfectly the people of Port. The people that have all moved to Portland from California are lovely. 
wait till you get a, a round of applause in fucking Austin, Texas, when all the people from California become their new home. They're all there. I'll see you all in Denver, people of Austin and Portland. Absolutely. <laughs> all right, I will change the question for quarter of a million dollars. You can perform live at a fully packed Madison Square Garden, but you have shit running down your leg and you have no idea, but everyone else does. <laughs> You've gone from beer man to shit man. What say you, Trevor Wade? Beer man to shit man. I mean, what, a, what an arc of a career right there. That's how we, <laughs> that's how we bookend the documentary. Um, yeah, that's like your star is born moment. Here's the thing. Have a wait like, when shit hits the fan. That's a great name of the special there. Uh, although that is me shitting on my audience, not shitting on yes. myself when shit hits the fans. Um, you pick it up and I, play with it, throw it at your audience. Hey, here you go. Enjoy the glitter. Have a parade. Two birds, uh, one stone. <laughs> <laughs> Richard Pryor lit himself on fire while smoking crack and then went and released one of his best, like critically acclaimed, funniest specials of all time the year after hey man that's what he does on a fucking tuesday you want to see him on a fucking friday looking <laughs> at myself so there's shit running down the back of my leg and I'm, but i'm playing madison square garden sure if you if, if we're probably taping it because it's msg mm-hmm. but uh god i'm an asshole <laughs> msg have you heard of it i lived in new york um shit running down the back of my leg i think that could be embarrassing that I hope they would play it in my in memoriam when I die. Uh, but I think that would be totally worth it. Like, fuck it, some shit ran down the back of my leg. I mean, like, you should have been seeing what was running down the front of my leg that same whole time and sitting in pee for 48 hours, 25, <laughs> whatever it was. Marinating. This is what I just, this is what I do. I have my bodily functions seeping down me so my brain can escape more freely. Plot twist, you are the soup. <laughs> <laughs> What do you do for 225,000? Mm, now for 225,000 now. It's got to be an it's got to be the quarter mil. 245,000. No, I'm not going to waver on this one. I'm going to stand strong as my own shit drips on my leg and be like, "You know what? If this is my legacy, legacy. Down my legacy." <laughs> <laughs> Trevor Wade, my legacy. Oh man. Okay, we'll do it on 25 million. I'm happy with that. As am I. All right. I'd shake your hand, but uh, no, I'm okay. <laughs> That's fair. I mean, even if it wasn't during the pandemic and uh, even if we weren't speaking to each other from across the globe, I am covered in excrement and I play with it. Gloves or no? Around the globe or across the globe, depending on your belief systems, I guess. Yes. <laughs> Did I say across? I'm not, I need to make this clear. I'm not a flat earther. Please, everybody. Oh, God. That's why I don't like that Elon Musk getting up into space to show us that it's round. I don't trust him. I don't like it. See, I have a friend of a friend who is a flat earther and, and we mock him mercilessly for it. He almost quit his band over it. Oh, so the idea of him not believing me is I'm like, oh, I don't give a shit about you. You believe the earth is flat and it's surrounded by ice for now. Uh, for now. <laughs> yeah. I wonder, do flat earthers still believe in global warming? I mean, or, or you know, at <laughs> it's not global warming. Yeah. Because then the ice crust is going to fall off. Then what happens? The water all leaks off the side and we end up in this dry ass desert like in Mad Max. Sounds like a sh- shitty Chicago style <laughs> flat. <laughs> <laughs> the deep dish pizza of the world. <laughs> okay, so Trevor, I'm going to add up the price of your dignity. Uh, for this, I need you to monologue to the audience, tell them exactly who you are, what you're doing and your future endeavors. 
for sure. Audience, thank you so much for listening to me sell myself out to Ainsley here for uh, this time. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I have. My name is Trevor Wade. You can find me on social media, Twitter, Instagram, whatever, at Trevor D. Wade. The D is a mystery, what it stands for. Um, Future endeavors, I am hoping to move overseas and get out of this terrible, terrible country that is being terrible and terrible to the people around it because I don't feel like I can help it by myself, but perhaps I can inspire others too. Uh, You will hopefully be able to uh, see a documentary that I made in the before times called the US They Tour coming out in the next uh, couple of years. So you can stay tuned to my YouTube for that. Um, Just search for my name and hit the word YouTube. You'll probably find it. I, if you can tell from the everything about me, I'm not African-American. There is another Trevor Wade who is. I'm the other one. You can find me at the 1P D&D podcast where I play everyone else. Uh, And I'm the the DM there that's on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you put them in your ears. I'm hoping to be doing some more comedy as things open up. I still have yet to bring myself to doing Zoom shows. So uh, if you tune into a lot of Zoom comedy shows, one, bless you. And uh, two, maybe you'll see me there eventually when I finally succumb. Oh, I'm also half of The Bunker on YouTube, B-V-N-K-R. That's a where Michaela King and I produce sketches and you can go there for kind of funny things in a different form. Thinking about getting involved with TikTok, it seems like an ever encroaching wall of doom that I have to in order to uh, have any sort of success in this field. So uh, it'll probably be the same username as my Twitter and uh, Instagram at Trevor D. Wade. No, beautifully done. I am set to go. Are you ready for the price of your dignity, Trevor? Ready as I'll ever be. One adventure we've had. We've been through avocado martinis, right through the shit sandwiches, all across the not world to the Chicago <laughs> Town City pizzas. We've done absolutely everything. And the price of your dignity today, Trevor, is $422,618. Ooh, all right. 420, baby, blaze it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take that. I will take that money. That that money will last me almost one hospital bill here in the U.S. That'd be great. Yeah. Go break a leg or don't. <laughs> yeah, no, I really probably shouldn't. Please don't. <laughs> oh, I don't no, I won't. Some, no, no, I won't. Liable. No, I, I've got to be. Insert. Yeah, exactly. Uh, no, I was, officer, I was recording a podcast. Officer, I don't know why I'm telling <laughs> the cops. I've been AC Blakely May. This has been Price Tag Pod, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. Goodbye.